It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back to the What If Football Podcast. It is Wednesday, but a shoeing tradition for the next 20 or so minutes. We're not going to the Barclays, we're not going to the Champions League in Le Grandes Equipes. No, it is international football. So, we are going to return to an old familiar, the obscure footballer. You send me obscure footballers, I'll rate them. Let's get stuck in. So, if you've not listened to an episode of Obscure Footballer within the What If Football podcast here on the Sports Social Podcast Network, here's how it's going to go down. So, essentially, I've asked you lovely people on Twitter, at whatif underscore YouTube, for their most obscure footballers that they could possibly imagine. And therefore, we've got quite the list of footballers here today for this episode and from that we gather three to go into our illustrious obscure hall of fame so this being the 10th episode of the obscure footballer podcast we have got nine hall of fame classes so we'll run down some of them today so october 2021 we had Frodo Grodas, the, the icon himself in the Hall of Fame we had. Israel Zuniga and Orfeo Kersaved. In November 2021, Orlando Trusvul, Boncho Genchev, John Gope, Fenapai. In December 2021, William Mocke, Tobin Pichnek and Zan Benedicic. And in January 2022, we were blessed with not just one, but two obscure classes in the Hall of Fame. So, the Twadzik brothers, Philip and Patrick. Diego Gavilan, Carolos Andrea Mazzinoro, Vance Vaughan, and the trialist. 
So going through 2022, we have also had classes from February, March and April, the likes of Vladimir Kinder, Froda Kipper, Con Blatzis, Jason Crow, Dean Gore, Gianfranco Labat, Edwin Zotabia, Musa Marzau and Tron Egil Saltvelt. So thank you for suggestions such as Jason Crow from Joe and Tobin Pitchnetch from Rural underscore Cloud 84, but unfortunately they are already in the Hall of Fame, so we cannot accept them on today's show. So let's crack on with the suggestions to offer into the Hall of Fame. They're waiting patiently just outside the foyer there, and we start off with Derek Cleary's suggestion of Lars Elstrup, which is a name that... I am a. I often spend a lot of time on Wikipedia going through football tournaments for my line of work, which is making what if videos. So Lars Elstrup, Euro 1992. I know who he is, and unfortunately, to be fair, outside of Denmark and Euro 1992, when of course he won the thing and scored a valuable goal to help his team win the competition. His club career wasn't exactly distinguished by any means. Luton Town, Feyenoord were you know, fairly decent at the time. Luton were, of course, um, before leaving football aged 29 in 1993. So without the, the European Championships of Denmark, which of course never, never, almost never happened, we would have had Lars Elstrup knocking on the door. But unfortunately, he's um, he's not obscure to me anyway. So unfortunately, Derek, um, he's uh, not a candidate for the Hall of Fame. However, Derek has one more suggestion. Ronnie Eckeland and obscure, of course he is. Um, so what we tend to do on the uh, Obscure Footballer podcast is try get a sense of who they are from before we go on to the old Wikipedia and find out who he really is. Um, so my initial thoughts were Robbie Eckerlund, a jobbing fullback for Wigan in 2011, or perhaps from that first wave of Scandinavian imports. So perhaps a Swindon midfielder circa 1993 for their doomed spell in the Premier League. Well, he is, of course, as the name suggests, Scandinavian, Danish up until the under-21s played for the national team and played for Barcelona as part of the Johan Cruyff Dream Team, or the, uh, the leftovers there, 1992 to 1994, before going on England, going to England on a loan adventure, essentially. Southampton, Man City, Coventry, all between 1994 and 1996. And from the Johan Cruyff Dream Team in Barcelona, of course, we go to... Walsall in 2001, how the uh, the mighty does fall, um, certainly in the uh, the foyer for consideration in this Hall of Fame. So we move on to Chris Sargent's suggestions. He's got three for us today. Jan Olav Hjelder, which again, um, it seems to be a good breeding ground, the Scandinavian soccer of Norway, Denmark, Sweden, etc. Um, usually in the 90s, they were huge Huge um, imports into the Premier League before, obviously, the 1994 World Cup, before the money crept up in the Premier League and um, Premier League football started to become more professional with the likes of Arsene Wenger, etc., etc., and um, attempted to unseat the likes of uh, Serie A and La Liga as the best show on earth in terms of football domestic leagues. And before that, we had uh, quite the influx of uh, Scandinavian talent. So... 
my mind always goes to 94, 95, mid-table teams like a Derby County, a Coventry City, a Southampton for these for these types of players. And uh, Wikipedia says that Hjelda was a Rosenborg player, which I should have really known um, with my love of Rosenborg for the late 90s. <laughs> he was there between 1994 and 97. Shout out to any Ligrand as he keeps listeners for that one. And uh, two spells at Nottingham Forest, 1997 to 2003, and then back for the 2004-05 season before, of course, he had to go lower down the leagues, just like Eckelund did to Walsall in 2001. Hjelda went to Mansfield in 2005 to 2007. Which one out of those is probably the more obscure? You probably have to say Hjelda on that one, and I'm probably pronouncing that horrifically wrong and I apologise to uh, my Norwegian listenership there which is I assume many fold anyway Chris Sargent has got uh, two more suggestions Dario Marcolin and for me this could be a an EFL warrior he could be a failed Argentine forward for the likes of Spurs you think about the days where they were the likes of Maurizio Tarico, Stephen Carr marauding from fullback assisting Marco Lannini's one appearance, presumably in the League Cup against a team like Chesterfield, maybe. But he was a midfielder, apparently 10 games on loan at Blackburn Rovers in 1999. The uh, the downhill phase of Blackburn from, of course, the afterglow of winning the league title. Marco Lynn would go to Lazio, to Sampdoria, Napoli, and indeed represented Italy in the uh, under-21s level. And certainly we have got quite the... Uh, quite the collection of um, foyer dwellers in this Hall of Fame. Um, Chris Sargent's final suggestion is Andy Ducrow. I'm entirely clueless on this, so I'm going to pronounce his name as if it was French. So um, Ducrow, it's spelt D-U-C-R-O-S. So Ducrow, French, I would say I I didn't have any clue, so I went ad, went over to Wikipedia, of course, is obscure. Coventry 1994-1999, and shame on me for being a uh, self-appointed soft spot for Coventry around that time, sort of 97-98, the Subaru shirts, the, the Robbie Keens, the Gordon Strachans, etc. He played 10 Premier League games as a forward, no goals, so that's probably why I... Uh, didn't remember him, and then of course he went to non-league, um, which is quite the come down. So he's definitely in with a shout to someone who isn't in with a shout. Unfortunately, sorry, Jake Collinson is Asiadel Horno. Unfortunately, not obscure. Chelsea left back during the first knockings of Jose Mourinho in the uh, in the Premier League didn't last too long. Lasted only a season, which is probably why nowadays to either older people or younger people. I was probably in the sort so sweet spot of Asia Del Horno fame 2004, just ingesting every single bit of football as a 11-year-old, 12-year-old. And um, of course, Del Horno would go back to Spain, Valencia for five years, then to Bilbao, then to Valladolid, Levante, and retired in 2012. So he was only 31 when he retired, of course. But one of those early failures in the transfer market from... Uh, from Chelsea, failed, um, surprise failure from uh, Jose Mourinho. They're not the ilk of uh, Paolo Ferreira, Ricardo Carvalho, Petr Cech, Didier Drogba, etc. from the first time round. He was a second season signing for Mourinho. We've got 
a suggestion from the Anglo-Italian podcast here, and it is Preke, or Preke, Preke, I mean, judging by, um, obviously, the circles in which Anglo-Italian podcasts running, I'm expecting some Sampdoria cult hero from the sort of the glory days of the early 90s, or perhaps even venturing into the late 90s. Of course, he's obscure. He's definitely up there with the uh, with the old Norwegian lads there. I mean, our Hall of Fame is almost entirely populated by Norwegian lads. Um, but apparently, Prickett had no time in Italy whatsoever. Spent his time between Red Star Belgrade and America, represented America, represented... Um, Born in the uh, the old Yugoslavia, also of course had some time for the Premier League and English football. Everton in the first few seasons of the Premier League before going to Portsmouth and quickly returning to America. After that, um, yeah, he is um, certainly in with a shouts. Also from the Anglo-Italian podcast, purely based on his name, um, Hall of Fame worthy Ulrich van Gobel, or I presume Goebel. Um, uh, you just think Van, obviously, with that name, start of the surname, Dutch, obviously. Um, you think maybe a, an absolutely absolute beast of a centre-half, six foot seven. The, uh, they are certainly a tall nation um, and probably around that ilk. So he was a... I've forgotten what position he played in, but... He played for the likes of Willem Twee, Feyenoord, Galatas, right before his famous, of course, 27-game stint in the Premier League with Southampton and Ulrich van Gobel, Goebel, whichever way you want to wanna spin that one. Yes, get in the Hall of Fame, son. You're in there straight away bypassing all the, um, all the criteria immediately just for the name. I mean, the career on its own, is it is it not more obscure than... Than the, than the Norwegian lads, probably not, because Willem Twee were f- quite handy in the 90s and early 2000s. Feyenoord, of course, one of the big three in the Netherlands, Galatasaray, similarly in Turkey. And um, maybe the outlier here is Southampton. But uh, there we are. Hjelda, Eklund, Marcolin, Ducro, even Prickett, all have more, more obscure careers, but... The light caught me in Ulrich van Gobel's name, but uh, I'm sure we'll have some competition for the other two places to come as well. And we start with George Spencer's selection of Reese Evans. And now knowing George is a Chelsea fan, I probably thought either with the way Reese is spelt, the Welsh way, R-H-Y-S, potentially a Welsh League stalwart, potentially a Chelsea reject as well. So I had those two avenues to go down and... We almost got the best of both worlds. He uh, was part of the Chelsea Lord Army, the earlier phase of that, when he went to Bristol Rovers. So right there on the border, we got so close. And uh, Swindon fairly close as well, if you know your English and Welsh geography. So 1998 to 2003, he uh, was at... Chelsea, or rather the Chelsea Academy, you've got to say because obviously he wouldn't have broken into the to the first team. QPR there, Leighton Orient too, as part of a Chelsea loan arrangement. And then 50-plus games for Swindon between 2003 and 2006, the only time Reese Evans would play more than 50 games for a single club in his career. Now, I don't tend to, as we've uh, gone through in the uh, Hall of Fame, don't tend to go for the... Uh, 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Go for the uh, British sounding um, names on here. Of course, I think we've probably got Jason Crow as one of the only... British sounding name in the Hall of Fame class, and we're talking there 27 players. But you've got to say, Reese Evans, an entirely obscure career, entirely obscure footballer as well. And another couple of suggestions from George Spencer, of course, both Chelsea in their um, in their history as well. Sergio Tierra, and um, he was at Chelsea in 2009 before going to Mallorca, Espanyol, Gymnastic, Alaves and Real Oviedo. And he's entirely the type of career with, obviously combined with uh, knowing that George is a Chelsea fan, um, exactly the type of career I would expect. A jobbing sort of lower mid-table La Liga player, the types of clubs that were populating La Liga around the early 2010s, late 2000s. It's almost like a bingo list that you've got bingo card there and he ticks almost every box. Jonas Elmer, of course, left the Chelsea Academy, goes in a bit of a different direction. A Switzerland, Canada career, certainly obscure. I mean, all George's selections, I think, are quite obscure, probably amongst the most obscure then. To divvy up your time between Switzerland and Canada, surely that is a return to the likes of Pricky, which uh, was suggested by Anglo-Italian podcast. And those two are really fighting it out for sort of the same sort of same sort of brand of obscurity. So we'll move on to Maracas Flutes and his suggestion of Mingo, which is a, an incredible name. Um, I mean, outside of that, not a clue. Who he is outside of that, couldn't even hazard a guess. He could be a, a Paraguayan wizard on the wing. He could be a hard-nosed central defender from Colombia. Who knows, really? Um, but apparently, um, I went onto Wikipedia, typed in the typed in the word Mingo, and apparently they are Native Americans who live in Ohio, so straight to the disambiguation. Spanish football, I mean, lower league, no, it was probably... Bouncing between La Liga and Segunda. Started his career at Barca B. Then went to Sporting Gijón, Rayo Vallecano, Real Betis, Albacete and Gymnastic, of course. The uh, the stalwarts club in Spain. Sort of never really in La Liga. The odd stint there. Kind of like, what would you attribute that in the English game? Maybe a whole city, maybe. Um, but Mingo, certainly obscure the name. I mean, I don't want to be... Uh, distracted by just purely the most ridiculous sounding names on this podcast but uh, Mingo certainly with a shout of uh, joining 
Ulrich van Gobel on the <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. And uh, we go through our, we've got about a handful, handful or so names to go through here. And another superb name selected here by Stephen Bridgman, Lawrence Ten Hervel and Ten, of course, Eric Ten Hag. Hervel is quite a... Uh, a Benelux sounding name. You picture again, like Ulrich van Gobel. Uh, I'm certain I'm getting his name wrong. Pronunciation there. Um, he's some near seven-footer central defender from the Netherlands. You think maybe a Southampton, maybe a Coventry in the two th- in the nineties, uh, which often is where my mind goes, even when I'm not discussing this podcast or looking up notes for this podcast. It's Southampton the nineties, Coventry in the nineties. Never really truly fades away from view there unfortunately now with how his post footballing career has gone Matt Letizia Screamers Marion Pahars James Beattie and on the other side of course we've already mentioned my favourite parts of Coventry and uh, Highfield Road the old Highfield Road Stadium of course and of course Lawrence Tenhuvel is Dutch he's a defender no he's a Barnsley striker split his time between South Yorkshire of course around the time they got into their one and only uh, one and only season in the in the Premier League there, and ventured out to Austria, to Denmark, to Netherlands. I mean, we could have the uh, they're not barreled names, Ulrich van Gobel and uh, Ulrich van Gobel and Lawrence Ten Hervel, but uh, another fantastic name in the ilk of Mingo as well. Um, but I think we should probably maybe we should limit that to um, to maybe yeah, just one ridiculous sounding name per uh, per episode, and perhaps ridiculous sounding name. Um, is a bit biased coming from England, of course. We go through to Guillermo Amor from United16bit on Twitter. The name is incredibly familiar for some reason. Um, some Spaniard, maybe an Argentine, uh, potentially. But he's because I couldn't figure out who he was, yes, by definition, obscure. But delve into his career, and I really should have got him. It's slightly because... Before my time, I started watching football in 1998, for example. He spent the 10 years previous to 1998 playing for Barcelona, 37 caps for Spain. Unfortunately, can't be having him in the Hall of Fame. He's obviously not one of the not one of the glittering stars of Johan Cruyff's team in Barcelona, from your Pep Guardiola's to your uh, Romario, Sarista Stoichkov, etc., etc. I could go on. I won't. But we go to Neb Doubthair and uh, Jacob Burns, of course. Now, I'm from the part of the world where, part of, place in time as well, um, early 2000s, Yorkshire growing up there. Leeds United were absolutely massive, unfortunately for me being a Man United fan. Um, so I instantly knew who Jacob Burns was, even though he was a fringe player in the Ridsdale era of Leeds United. And um, a bit of a, well, not a reject. It sounds really harsh calling him a reject, but uh, not one of your Harry Kules, Mark Vadukas, obviously, but one of them are, did play, I, I'm pretty sure he played in the Champions League around that time, 2000, 2001-ish, of course, because that was the only time they got into the Champions League. And from then on, goes from Leeds to Barnsley, fairly, fairly uh, nondescript, move that as you're still in Yorkshire, you're still in English football, but then Whistler Krakow to Utnareya as a chain. He's Australian as well. So he went to Australia and played for Perth Glory. And um although he's not obscure, that's some some career that is that is definitely noteworthy. Um Tom Moore 0041129. Yep, nailed that one. He's uh coming in with Junior Agogo and the name is 
smacking me in the face has been incredibly familiar. I mean, obviously, the surname of Gogo is fairly, um, fairly prominent, I think. Um, but it's a familiar name, but I didn't, I couldn't pin him down, so he's obscure. But an incredible career, three years at Sheffield Wednesday before a glut of um, EFL loans off to America, back to the EFL, and then just decides to go into his wandering phase of his career. Egypt, Cyprus, Scotland, 27 caps for Ghana, in and amongst as well. He's definitely in the foyer with our um, funny-sounding players, with our... (laughs) That's incredibly British, isn't it? With our Norwegian lads, our Norwegian clique, Eklund, Hjelda, and uh, we could throw in in Markle in as well. I think those are our contenders. You've got Kat... Can't discount Mingo and Lawrence and Hervel. And uh, Dave Matheson comes in with a Chris Colleen. And knowing Dave supports Oldham, I mean, I'm always, I've been burned by this philosophy before, just going straight for the for the Oldham disco ball distraction. And um, and with the surname Colleen, all, all I can think of um, from watching Halifax Town around sort of 2006, 2007-ish is Lewis Colleen. And um, but I couldn't I couldn't picture him to be honest with you. And um, he, of course he was an Oldham player between two thousand six uh, between two thousand two and two thousand six. Beforehand, spent time at Manchester City when they were bouncing between League One and the Premier League, the good old days. And uh, after that, moved up north to Scotland, to the likes of Hibs. Spent three years at Celtic, so I probably should have got that to be honest with you. And uh, forty eight New Zealand caps. Can't remember him in the World Cup team. Presume he would have been eligible or still playing international football when they qualified for the World Cup, considering he was playing for Celtic around that time. But I, it's, I probably shouldn't should be able to picture him again. Going back to Halifax Town, the only player I can remember, of course, Shane Smeltz, who uh, was absolute garbage for Halifax back in the day, but scored against Italy. Of course he did. Um, couldn't score against Tamworth, scores against Italy. We move on to another suggestion from Dave, and it's Scott Mean. Ah, he's an incredible, uh, incredible name. Uh, and obviously, Dave Oldham, I think Oldham, yes. But apparently not. Bournemouth, 1992 to 96. West Ham, 96 to 99. Back to Bournemouth, 1999 to 2000. Very imaginative career. And then actor, which is where I'm thinking now, obviously, no, Dave's big into uh, Dream Team, the <laughs> the incredible BAFTA-nominated, not quite, um, TV series back in the day in Sky One, which was essentially... If you've seen Footballers' Wives, which is on ITV, I think, back in the day, sort of similar circles, it'd be drama, soap, sort of bile, um, essentially, mixed in with a little bit of football and Chelsea and Everton, their game's getting colour-corrected to look and make them look purple. Harchester United, of course. Um, but no, he plays football in Mike Bassett, not one of the, uh, the the key names that are based on the likes of you know, David Beckham, Paul Gascon, etc. One of the uh, one of the other parts of the uh, the eleven that presumably just sat in the background as, of course, Ricky Tomlinson shouted his halftime team talk against the Mexicans in the World Cup. Of course, an incredible film. We end it with a suggestion from Matty Mac. Here's Owono. Now I'm thinking with Matty again, a bit like Dave, a bit like George as well, in uh, sort of. <laughs> 
knowing but like what Matty tends to go for, I'm expecting a journeyman with about 30 or 40 clubs. But I've been sent down the wrong track. I couldn't be more wrong, to be honest. We've got a 21-year-old, and now even the most journey journeyman of journeymen couldn't have 30 clubs as a 21-year-old. But Equatorial Guinea International plays for Alaves. Of course he does. Um, there are quite a lot of... Equatorial Ghanaians um, playing in the uh, playing in the Spanish leagues, and Jesus Awona is probably one of those. He's one of those, and I've watched a fair bit of the Afcon. But I still can't picture Awona in. He's certainly a prime candidate for this Hall of Fame, but we have got to go for. I think Lawrence Turnhervel because purely the act of playing for Barnsley and. Austria, Denmark, and the Netherlands in one breath. We've also got Ulrich van Gobel. Um, and it is a toss of the coin between Ronnie Eckeland and John Olaf Hjelder. And purely because of the depths that he plumbed from the heights of presumably Champions League fame for Rosenborg, then back into Mansfield in 2007, which must have been the... Uh, glory days for the Stags. Um, I'm going to go for John Olaf Hjelder. Which means we've got three triple-named people, players, in our 10th episode of the Obscure Footballer Podcast. Thank you very much for your suggestions. If you suggest you, thank you very much for listening, of course, as well. If you like podcasts like these, or perhaps less silly podcasts based around football, we are on Patreon as well for £1 a month for five days a week content. So get on over there. And of course, YouTube, if you don't know us from there already, we are there every day with a what-if football in alternate scenario. So thank you very much. And until next time, silly. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.